Barry, we're here in the European Parliament in Strasbourg um, and MEPs will be discussing the both the Windsor framework, so the New Deal replacing the Northern Ireland Protocol, and indeed the EU-UK relations three years after the UK left the European Union. First of all, on the Windsor framework, what are your fellow MEPs saying now about that framework and whether they believe this is in fact a done deal? It's going to go ahead. We won't be hearing about problems anymore about trading between the e- the UK and Northern Ireland. Well, there's broad acceptance, of course, for the Windsor framework. There's a little bit of concern around what the Stormont break actually means. And there has been some commentary about uh, a certain desire to see the... Uh, the legal framework behind the Stormont break and and we're expecting the UK government to publish that very soon and there will probably be a vote in Westminster so there's a little bit of concern about what it looked like even from voices within Northern Ireland but but MEPs are definitely nervous about it so we'll, we'll have to see what it looks like. I think at the same time we in the European Parliament will have to pass three pieces of legislation around tariff rate quotas, around SPS and around medicines so there's a lot of legislative work to come but broadly speaking speaking, it's really excellent. Do you think there's going to be any issues with the passage of some of those aspects of the bill? In fact, before I ask you that, Barry, will the Windsor framework be voted on by MEPs in its entirety, or is it only certain parts of it, or will any of it be voted on? No, it can be adopted by the Joint Committee, which is set up under the Withdrawal Agreement, um, but there are just pieces of legislation that we have to look after at the Parliament level, so we'll do that. Uh, Today there's going to be um, a debate on the Windsor Framework here in the Parliament, but there's no resolution. It's a report about the implementation of the Withdrawal Agreement, and that will be voted on tomorrow. So there's a lot of activity, uh, but for the first time you can see that the UK and EU sides are actually working together to try and achieve this. And certainly for Irish MEPs, the big target is to try and get the uh, institutions up and running again in Northern Ireland. So that's the big goal we're all working towards. And what about uh, the dangers of the Windsor framework collapsing if the DUP decide to reject it? Well, it remains to be seen what position the DUP will take. As we all know, they've set up a panel of eight uh, members to analyse the, the, this. I know that the leadership of the DUP are in Washington this week. And I know that Chris Heaton-Harris, the Northern Ireland Secretary of State, is going to be in Washington later this week. And of course, uh, uh, the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar. So there's an opportunity there for... Uh, really important meetings to take place uh, for incentives to be put uh, for acceptance of the of the Windsor framework. It really is as good as it gets. There will be points of clarification the DUP can achieve with the UK government. Uh, but uh, you know, I know that the people of Northern Ireland want their MLAs to go back to work. They want the executive up and running, and they want the major social issues of Northern Ireland addressed urgently. You mentioned the Stormont break. Um, Certainly on initial reading of it, it it looked like a majority of unionists could in fact get the break applied. Is that your understanding, that it's not a cross-party break? It's not a cross-party break. It just requires 30 MLAs. Significantly, the Alliance Party could be part of that for the first time, so there's not a requirement for uh, two parties from the designated communities. So that's significant, uh, but it's not simply a case of the unionist uh, parties being able to trigger the break, of course, because there's an enormous amount of significant obstacles before the break can be applied, before EU regulations can be disapplied. And in any case, of course, it only applies to the single market uh, in, in Northern Ireland and the European Union can carry out remedial measures. So there's an enormous amount of safeguards there. I'm quite reassured that the Stormont break won't be uh, abused 
and it also significantly requires that the executive is up and running. So a dysfunctional assembly can't trigger the break. And just in terms of EU-UK relations, you mentioned now there's a sense of relief that, that you know, relations are improving. Um, in what way, Barry, do you think the achievement now of a deal on the former protocol, now the Windsor framework, will lead to better relations between the EU and the UK? Well, it seems an awful long time since the Brexit agreement, the Trade and Cooperation Agreement, but it's just a foundation stone. And it was always anticipated that there would be a cascade of other agreements that would follow it on horizon, on energy cooperation, on geopolitical issues, particularly around defence and trying to support Ukraine. All of those things have been held up. Uh, but now, because the trust has been built up between uh, uh, the EU and the UK, I think some of these issues can begin to be addressed. And already, President von der Leyen indicated that the horizon uh, agreement will be open to the UK. And I think the next step then will be to try to uh, have a memorandum, memorandum of understanding uh, with regard to uh, 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 financial services. And that's going to be a, really a game changer. So, look, there will always be some tension between the EU and the UK. That's quite natural. There will be some divergence in the future. But I think we have, with Rishi Sunak, uh, an interlocutor that we can trust. And that hasn't been the case for the last few years.